Have you been dreaming about paying off credit card debt, installing solar panels, going to college, or even buying a plane? Yes, someone really did that. With a figure HELOC, your home can help you cover vacations, medical bills, retirement, wedding expenses, home improvement, emergencies, or a pool. The opportunities are endless. Unlock up to $400,000 and choose the fastest HELOC on the planet at figure.com. Faster than a bank loan, cheaper than a personal loan. Figure Lending, LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The connection between you and your therapist matters. That's why Alma focuses on helping you find the right someone to talk to, not just anyone. When you browse their online directory, you can filter your search by what you want to focus on, like anxiety, relationships, or big life transitions. You can also specify preferences around gender, race, faith, and more to help you find someone who's more likely to understand where you're coming from. Alma also makes it easy for therapists to navigate insurance. That's why 95% of providers in their directory accept insurance for sessions, so you can find care that's affordable too. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash not just anyone to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash not just anyone. We are once again, six rings in football things. Cadillac's very crucial clashes oh, yeah. edition. Three and 10 Patriots getting set to host the eight and five Kansas City Chiefs Gillette Stadium Sunday, 1 p.m. If you recall, this was originally a Monday night football affair that was flexed. And that's where I want to start, Mike Cadillac, weei.com. Do you Let's think do now, given everything that's happened over the last week or so, with Bailey Zappi getting a win for the Patriots, injecting a little bit of life into this lifeless season in New England, and Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid having a um, supermarket aisle-style temper tantrum at the end <laughs> of their most recent loss due to the officiating, do you... Do you think there's any um, seller's remorse from mm-hmm. the TV networks and the National Football League that maybe they should have kept this game on Monday Night Football? Yeah, I do. I actually think that, you know, looking at this game, like you said, with the whole the Kadarius Tony offside type thing and Mahomes throwing a fit, which really felt like the first time ever that I've seen him be that, you know, over overzealous, if you will. Like he just – and he's, he's a guy who – doesn't really do that. He's always been pretty buttoned up, like, you know, takes the blame on himself and doesn't really say too much. And he, there's never really been a knock on him. I've never really understood people that don't like Patrick Mahomes. And so to see him, you know, do that was, was interesting. And it was telling the kind of stress and, you know, pressure that he's gone under this season with the Chiefs not being that good. But that's a storyline that you could sell on Monday Night Football. Same with Absolutely. Taylor Swift probably coming to Gillette. The Patriots coming off a win. You have the Belichick rumors that come out this week, which we'll get to. Bailey Zappi plays well. Like, And I look at the game they, they replaced it with, the Eagles and the Seahawks. The Eagles are coming off two straight losses, and the Seahawks have lost like five of the, over their last six or something. So, I mean, if you were replacing it with, call it, I don't know, 49ers versus Dolphins, no, you could sell Shanahan and McDaniels and something yep. like that, or the Ravens or whatever. Like, 
yeah, the Eagles are, you know, the defending NFC champs and whatever, but I don't know. I think they would rather have Patriots chiefs right now is my point. I think that's the way to sell it. And especially with Taylor Swift and that whole thing, like, yeah, that this is, this is a good game this weekend, even if the Patriots are three and 10. Seahawks Eagles. One might say that game's for the birds. <laughs> uh, and Dead just touching heart. on your, <laughs> not really. It's a dad line, but whatever. Yeah, I'm dad. Dad um, the Patrick Mahomes thing. I don't know if I've shared my latest um, Andy Hart, Hardo football cliche quote thing with you. Okay. Um, but I've decided this season watching what's happened to the Patriots and Bill Belichick and Mac Jones and everything. I've come up with a phrase that, Losing is undefeated, and I sure. think my latest example of losing being undefeated is Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, you're right. He's never really done any of this, and you know why? Because he's never really been eight and five, staring down a road playoff game, having lost two in a row, having lost four of six. Like he hasn't really had to deal with this painful reality, which continues in my mind the narrative of sort of he's the Tom Brady of this generation where now his team is taking advantage of him. He doesn't have the weapons around him. They expect him to just do it all. And and he pretty much has. Like that's the funny thing when I started to go. So you, you watch the chiefs from afar, they're on primetime games and all that. And you have narratives and ideas in your head. And then I go to prepare for this and this week. And it's like, you look at the stats and they're like, well, they have a top 10 offense and Mm -hmm. top 10 defense. And, on paper, they're one of the best teams in football, but we hold Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, and the Chiefs to such a high standard, and I think he holds himself to the high standard that when they lose, when there's frustration, it boils over. He never has to right. have, act like this. So um, this is, for for relative to his career, this is basically tough times for Patrick yeah. Mahomes and the Chiefs. And that's, again, um, where it, I like that you kind of related to Brady and the Patriots, and I, and I hate – trying to compare people to Brady, but I do think Mahomes is the closest thing, especially in this generation. And you're right, like top 10 offense, top 10 defense. That's the same thing Brady had here basically every single year. And even when shit hit the fan a little bit, it's like, oh, is he mad? Is he upset? Like they're doing him dirty. And they were still at worst, like the two or the three seed in the AFC playoffs. Right. Now, the the weird part is he crossed a line for me. Um, Tom Brady would bitch on the field about the officials. And then he would get to the postgame podium and he wouldn't. And the, sure. the closest I remember is a game at Gillette. I believe it was at Gillette when he said, you know, mom always said, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. So good night, guys. I'm going home to see my yeah, family. Right. So which is smart. Do that. You know, be smarter. Don't don't embarrass yourself the way I do think. And I like Patrick Mahomes. I'm with you. I've yep. never understood Patriot. Nate. Actually, I do understand it. The the people in Patriot Nation. That, so, yeah. Well, and, and they're fearful that. They're, they bitch that people compare him to Brady and that the dynasty was anointed too soon. But the reason I think they bitch is because deep down in places they don't talk about at parties, they're worried <laughs> that the Chiefs and Mahomes could do special things in the coming years that 100%. could challenge the Patriot. So, but I was I was not impressed with Patrick Mahomes. And I know he kind of backtracked and apologized and said he mm-hmm. shouldn't have said, especially his comments to Josh Allen, which I, yeah. I thought were the worst part of it. Like, Agreed. That's a... So you're telling Josh Allen, basically, you didn't beat us. The officials beat us. Like, right. be a man, be sportsmanlike and say, wow, we play some really interesting games. I hope we see you again down the line. Well, that's what Travis Kelsey did. A Travis Kelsey clip came out of it with him and Allen. And I thought Kelsey handled it perfectly. Like, 
Josh said that was the greatest play ever. And Kelsey was like, yeah, the greatest that never counted. And he was like, stay right. healthy, like, see you again, like, whatever. Just again. And, and that's why I was play. rooting. Honestly, that's why I was rooting for the Bills. I like watching these two teams play like everybody oh, else yeah. does. And, and the, it's the Bills best are new on, rivalry, like, yes. in the NFL lately, for sure. Absolutely. And the Bills are on life support for the playoffs. So I wanted them to win to open up the opportunity that they could meet again in right. the postseason with important stuff on the line. Um, but certainly uh, tough times for Andy Reid and and Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. And I put those in quotes because, you know, is he the, as Tom Brady once said, is he the most miserable eight-win quarterback in the National Football League right now? Right. Um, Mac Jones would kill for these tough times right now, eight wins yeah, and bitching about a ref. Um, so before we get into this, what are your general um, feelings about the Chiefs? Like, are they, because I will forever, until they prove, Otherwise, I think the Chiefs are a Super Bowl contender. I don't want to bet against them. I don't want my team having to face them in the playoffs because, I, you know, we said it for years. We lived it for years. Don't bet against Brady and Belichick. Well, I don't think you bet against Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid with the season on the line. So, But what are your sort of uh, big-picture feelings on what the Chiefs could do in this, this playoff run? B big picture, I think I'm with you as far as, you know, never bet against them it's patrick mahomes is the best player in the sport um even when he's down no no tyree kill and kelsey having i don't want to even say kelsey's having an off year but like their offense as a whole isn't playing great i still have a hard time betting against them every single week when i do you know i run through the games and think about who like i'm gonna pick or whatever i'm always on the chiefs because it's just i can't sit here and pick against patrick mahomes um i think overall i mean their defense is also nasty like when Mahomes started there, first couple years of his career, their defenses weren't great. But him and Hill and Kelsey and the uh, who was their OC, the Eric Bieniemy, like they would just overcome those bad defenses. And now the defense is stacked. Chris Jones is the best defensive lineman in football. Nick Bolton is one of the better linebackers. They have some solid guys in the secondary. So like overall, they play more balanced football, and I think that that actually like bodes, bodes well for them, you know, in a playoff run. And I think that you saw that last year when they went and won the Super Bowl. So, um, I mean, I like the Chiefs. I get that they're going through hard times. I think it's, uh, again, it's it it does remind me of those Patriots teams where they really did put it all on Brady, and they didn't have the weapons. Like, and I even look at Kadarius Tony. Like, Kadarius Tony can be a good football player if he just stays out of his own way and he can't seem to stay out of his own way. And that's the struggle. Like Mahomes will throw it. He'll, he'll dust a cornerback and be wide open and Mahomes will drop it in his belly and he'll drop it. And it's like, that was a good play by the wide receiver. Just make the damn play. And that's why Mahomes is probably so frustrated. So um, I I'm with you. I can't, again, I said it three or four times now, but I can't bet against them. And so like, I think ultimately they'll end up figuring it out and, probably end up in the AFC championship game, if not the Super Bowl. And the funny thing was a few weeks ago, before all this losing started to pile up over the last month and a half, Mahomes was borderline giddy, I thought, because he kept saying, when we hit our stride on offense, yeah. we're going to be awesome because I've never had a defense like this. Like this defense is ridiculous. Right. And you're right. It's it's front to back. It's We all know Chris Jones, but those two corners, including one that could have been a Patriot, O.J. McDuffie um, and Sneed, are playing at a really high level. Like, they're a good defensive football team. I think Spagnola is a good defensive coordinator that the He's Patriots have yeah. seen over the years. Um, but and, and I think offensively, one of the things that I, I think is a difference maker for them is Isaiah Pacheco. 
or as oh, I yeah. say down my way in the New Bedford area, it's Pacheco, but uh, we'll call him Isaiah Pacheco because that's how he wants it pronounced. Because um, universally as a world, we may have all never been more wrong than Clyde Edwards or Lair. When he was drafted in the first round, everybody thought, oh my God, top five fantasy pick. He's the perfect yep. fit for that offense. He's going to rewrite the record. And he stinks. He's like this chubby little non-contributor with an ugly football helmet on like I yeah I, literally he was good like, for like he was good for like a week and a half his rookie year and then it right. just fell off yeah and and I think there's a big drop off from Pacheco and what he brings to that offense to try to balance it out and add another layer of of contributions um so and he's missed time this week he missed practice on Wednesday mm -hmm. I think he's got yep. a shoulder injury that's been hampering him I think that's a big difference for them not necessarily for this week but to get him in January on the football field, I think that could be yeah, a I difference agree. maker. So, okay, from a Patriots perspective, we've talked a lot about the Chiefs here. From a Patriots perspective, you sat down um, with Tom Curran elsewhere on the Six Rings and Football Things podcast feed earlier in the week for our little beat writer um, chat. And it was a uh, timely uh, discussion because Tom Curran has been local, national, maybe even international news, because he said multiple times this week, including on WEEI, but also on NBC Sports Boston, that conversations he's had, the decision was made to move on from Bill Belichick after the loss to the Colts in Germany on that international stage. Now, Tom is kind of, um, I don't want to say backtracked, but mm -hmm. he's left a door ajar for conditions on the ground to change and people's yep. minds to change. Um, I know Pat McAfee sort of picked up and ran with it because Pat McAfee was put in the spotlight for ambushing Robert Kraft yeah. on game day, which I didn't really think was that much of an ambush. But um, what do you make of this uptick? Thanks mostly to Tom Curran, but also thanks in part to Pat McAfee. This uptick of we're playing out the string here on Bill Belichick. He indeed has four games left before he is the former coach of the New England Patriots. Do you do you think that's accurate? Do you think that should be accurate? What's your assessment of this current uh, vibe? Yeah. Haha, -ha. current. Tom Curran. See what I did there? Uh, I'm a professional. Yeah. I'm a freak. I don't so look good. like a professional, but I'm a professional. <laughs> no, we're 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 good at this, Andy. Uh no, so um I mean again, there's a lot of like, you know, people on social media trying to say like Curran's just making things up and he doesn't know what he's talking about. And I think people just I think those people don't know what they're talking about. I think Tom Curran has high quality intel on this Patriots team and what he heard after the Germany game is accurate. And so there's people out there that are also saying like, well, why did he wait till now? And why did he do that? And I'm, I'm pretty sure I could be mistaken, but I'm pretty sure he's, you know, kind of dropped this, these breadcrumbs over the course of the last couple of weeks and nobody really picked up on it until right. he went on early edition and was straight up asked by Trendy the other day, Hey, what's the deal? And he, you know, he said it. And so I think just to clarify, sorry to interrupt, but no, I think good. the actual question by Trenny was like, can he save his job if he won four in a row? Right. Would that change things? And Tom's answer was basically, well, from what I've been told, the conversations I had, the decision was made. Exactly. And so I, I, I buy that. And and I and I don't think t for Tom to, you know, sit there and say, well, minds can change. I don't think that's backtracking. I think that's just the reality of the situation. I think after Germany, it was a train wreck and they had lost on an international stage and the crafts were pissed and rightfully so like what they built this baby was deteriorating right in front of them. And so whether that was them making a rash decision or whether, you know, them thinking, you know what, it's over 
and you know it ends up you know it ends up coming out and someone tells tom and then that's the case and then they maybe they change their mind i don't think tom would be wrong in that and so do i think that that is true i do do i think he has the ability to save his job I don't know. Like, again, with this coming out with the McAfee thing, and I don't think McAfee had intel. I think he was just kind of doing his Pat McAfee yapping. And I don't think he ambushed him either, but I just think that he was he was being truthful and that, you know, I don't I don't envy what might have to happen with this team moving forward. And Kraft's not going to answer that. But I think it's telling that after that and after this, this current report has kind of, you know, taken on a life of its own over the last couple of days, I think it's telling that we haven't heard anything else. Like the crafts could come out in theory and tell somebody else or say it on their own and say, no, 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 none of this is true. We're sticking by Bill Belichick and they haven't, they've kept their mouth shut. Nobody said anything. It's they're letting it fester because I think they want it out there. And I think they know they're kind of, putting it out there and kind of getting a feel for the fan base to see what they think. And the time has come. And I think, I don't know if their decision's completely made up. I mean, they're still going to have to go through the last couple of weeks and see it, have a conversation, what have you. But I think they're leaning towards the direction of Bill Belichick is no longer going to be the head coach of this team. So I actually don't think it's, um, I mean, I know people are pushing back or like this or timing wise, whatever. Mm-hmm. I believe we've all gone through this every single or not every single fan, because not every fan has reached the point where they're ready to move on from Bill. But the majority of Patriots fans, as the poll I did on Twitter told me, at least my followers, like mm-hmm. the majority of Patriots fans, 50 plus percent of Patriots fans want to move on from Bill after the season. So at some point you reached that point. I don't know whether it was week one. Week five, week 10, where that last year when they hired Joe Judge and Matt Patricia, somewhere right. along the line, you were like, you know what? I can't do this anymore. I'm done yeah. here. I want him gone. So Robert and Jonathan Kraft are just human beings. Like they're really successful, rich human beings who are in key positions of power, but they're just human beings like the rest of us. And they make decisions at some point based on the information, based on emotion. Like right. maybe there was some emotion and whatever. So why is it surprising that after the Colts game, they might say, I can't, we're done. Like I, I've decided he's got to right. go. It, right. we'll let it play out. We're going to be respectful. We're not firing him mid season, but he's got to go. We've reached the end of this relationship. So the flip side of that is I also think Tom Curran's smart in that. Yeah. I believe that he talked to somebody or people maybe that were indicative of it, 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 it's time we've reached mm-hmm. the end of this road, but he also knows that was the middle of the season. Right. Time can heal all wounds. Like give yourself a little bit because he knows it's a massive decision. It's an earth shaking decision within the, the the walls of Patriot Nation. Like they're going to move on from Bill Belichick. It was earth shaking when they moved on from Tom Brady. This is going to shake the earth again. I might want to just leave a caveat. And it's funny because I remember probably 20 years ago, whenever it was Chris Mortensen, legendary ESPN guy. Forget Deflate Gate. I'm not bringing up Deflate Gate. Yeah. Let's, let's not go there. That's where I thought but, you were going at first until nope. you said 20 years ago. <laughs> he he went on Sports Center or Game Day or whatever and said the Minnesota Vikings are going to fire Dennis Green after today's game unless for some reason they change their mind. Like he did the same thing, like even more weirdly, like the day of. Yeah. I want to say it was the final game, and it was like Black Monday's coming. He's getting canned. But even Chris Mortensen, who I'm sure had good sources, 
gave himself the out, like, unless they change their mind kind right. of thing. So it happens, like, because you're, you're talking about massive decisions that do change people's lives, and, uh, you know, there's people affected. So I think Tom Curran's right. I think Bill Belichick's done at the end of the season. So I think, I. you know, I, I give him – Robert Kraft made it quite clear that was a big game for he and his team in Germany yep. on an international stage that he'd put a lot of work into. He had talked to the fans at the house, Patriots house over there and yeah. all that stuff like – so it doesn't surprise me that that and his guy, if we believe him in reports, his guy, Mac Jones, threw what I believe is the worst pass I've ever seen on an NFL mm -hmm. field. So I could see that being a breaking point, like the straw that broke the the straw that broke Robert Kraft's back was that throw. And we right. all saw the the poofy coat meme yep. thing with him hanging my his head, head on shaking. Twitter. <laughs> right. So yeah. like, OK, it all kind of makes sense to me. It All of it makes sense. It's It can all be true and all be right. right. And. So, okay. So Bill Belichick probably going to be done at the end of the year, but he's not done. He's got four games to go. I wrote a column on weei.com that if indeed this is the final four games, well, you got two home games left. This is one of them. It's against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. Like, enjoy this, Patriot Nation. Yep. You kind of got robbed of your Tom Brady time because you weren't sure he was leaving. I think most of you thought, nah, he'll never do it. He's just jerking us around with that Hulu video coming in or out of Gillette oh, yeah. Stadium, <laughs> like that whole thing. No, no, no. I think fans should treat this as if you're in Gillette Stadium Sunday at one, you're seeing Bill Belichick for the last time if you're not going to be there for the Jets game. Right. So I'm not telling people to cheer, boo, don't boo, they suck, whatever, but just treat it like you're watching history and finality and closure and Bill Belichick. That's yeah, all take I it mean. in. Take it in. Yeah. Don't 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 regret not thinking to yourself while you're there, you know. Right. Don't be stubborn and be pissy about the three-win team. Maybe remember that there's – just look up and there's six banners because of Belichick right. and Brady and all the good times that came to Gillette, even if you get your ass whooped. Because yeah. getting into this game now, Catholic's crucial clashes. <laughs> I find this game interesting because one yeah. part of me says that the Chiefs are ripe for the picking, that the way the defense is playing for New England, maybe you can frustrate Mahomes, take away Kelsey, and be in this ball game. The other side of me says – Boy, Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes seemed pissed off. And I learned over the years when Belichick and Brady were pissed off, they usually took it out on the opposition and whooped some ass. So um, let's get into the clashes that will decide whether the Patriots shock the world or get their ass whooped at home right. at Gillette Stadium. Let's do it. Number one, uh, I'm starting with the Patriots offensive line versus the Chiefs pass rush slash defensive front because last week um, – Probably the main reason why the Patriots were so successful was because their offensive line bounced back, even against a pretty good front in the Steelers and TJ Watt. Um, they kept Zappi upright. He was only sacked twice. Um, and I think that's, you know, that's a little bit has to do with him as well. Like he, he seemed to feel the pocket and move around better than we've seen Mac Jones do so all year. But um, Mike Owen, who played much better, he really bounced back after a tough showing against the Chargers. Um so now you got to go do it again against the Chiefs defensive front. That is pretty nasty. I mean, uh, George Karloff, this I think is their leading sack. The The Chiefs are top five in sacks this season with 42. Nine of them are from Karloff, this, and then seven and a half are from Chris Jones, who is, like I said earlier, best defensive tackle in football. Um, I read a PFF article yesterday, like a top 50 free agents heading into next season, and Chris Jones was number one. Like, I, when I said it earlier that the Chiefs are, you know, a dominant football team, like it's because of their defense this year. Their defense is unbelievable and the offense is kind of, they're not riding along. Like it's still Patrick Mahomes, which we'll get to, but 
Um, that defense is awesome. So I think the key for the Patriots to, you know, continue to have the success they had last week is keeping Zappy upright and getting rid of that dominant defensive front that the Chiefs have. And so can one who bounce back, can Trent Brown continue to I mean, Trent's been as much as we've gone and kind of dissected what Trent has been this year and sitting in and sitting out and posting things on Instagram and saying things like overall, he's not wrong in saying that he's probably been their best offensive player. Um, so can he help out in kind of, uh, I guess, not letting that defensive front uh, get after Zappi? Looking at all that in the trenches this week. Yeah, so I think, you know, we've talked all year about the offensive line and they've kind of ebbed and flowed. And when they've really sucked, the offense has sucked. And when they've Mm -hmm. been competitive, the offense has been competitive. And the ground game has been better over the last month plus. And Ezekiel Elliott stepped up and everything that went into that. But I thought last week, really, and I don't know how um, impactful Ezekiel Elliott's knee to the face of Mm -hmm. TJ Watt was on the, I think it was the first play of the game. Yeah. and the whole subsequent Watt was in concussion protocol a day later. He put on the black face shield. He's doing yeah. smelling salts. Like that was one of the, that was to it like in the yeah. way that that was handled. It, 100%. You know, it's different because he's not a quarterback, but that was to a like in the way that mm-hmm. was handled. Um, so I don't know how much that helped Mike on when um, bounce back. Cause it was like back to back weeks. Don't send this film of Khalil Mack. Cause you don't measure up to one of the game's best pass rushers. Oh, send this film of TJ Watt. Cause you do measure up against one of the game's best pass rushers, like right. defensive player of the year kind of guys. Um, and I, the, I did want to touch on, we probably should have touched on it before the clashes, but you kind of um, alluded to it. The Trent Brown Instagram post mm-hmm. after Malik Cunningham was signed to the active roster of the Baltimore Ravens. He wished him luck to go someplace where they respect his talent. Um, what do you make of Trent Brown? Like, is he, I know I'm probably not supposed to say this, but like, is he on the reservation off the reservation? Is he all in Patriot? Is he, does he hate his team and his teammates and his decision maker? Like he thinks he's the best. He's late to meetings. He's not late to meetings. He's pooping. Like (laughs) what do you make of Trent Brown? I think that he is just, just that a wild card. Like you, you know, off the reservation might be strong, but I think like, I don't think he's going to be back next year. I don't think he really wants to be here and buys into the whole Patriot thing. I think that the only person that can get him to do that was and will forever be Dante Scarnecchia. Um, but I also think he's a pretty damn good football player when, you know, when push comes to shove. And I think even, even an unmotivated, like the unmotivated Trent Brown three years ago was a bad football player. I think the unmotivated Trent Brown now is actually still a pretty good football player. Like, I still think that, like, I think he's gotten better um, over the course of, you know, the last three, four, five years. And so I think that, yeah, it's it's probably got to kill Bill Belichick for him to have to deal with a, a Trent Brown strolling in late and saying, no, I was taking a shit coach. Like, what, what do you mean? Or because, again, can you really punish a guy for that? You know, again, Trent's not wrong in saying, if I got to go, I got to go. But if that's your excuse every time. Anyway, we're not going to talk about Trent Brown's ballot movements. We're going to talk about the Instagram posts. And I don't know if he was actually slighting his teammates or even his coaches. I just think that that might just be the way Trent was talking. And in that everyone was kind of saying, you know, go get him. Like everybody was behind Malik Cunningham the other day saying like, we want you to go succeed. And they, they clearly have a respect for him. I think Trent saying, you know, go, go get it where you're respected. It might've been taken a little bit, 
too far out of context. And I think that he was probably just saying, no, you're a pretty damn good football player. We didn't use you right here and go show everybody else. But Trent Brown as a whole, I don't think he's going to be back next year. I think somebody will pay him and whether he's good or not remains to be seen. But I, I think it's got to be frustrating for Bill Belichick to have to deal with it because, again, he is a pretty good football player. He is. And, and you know, I would have cut him in the summer Correct. because I didn't think he fit with this team and what they were trying to build. And if you're asking Trent Brown to set a culture, I think you're in trouble. Yep. If you just kind of put him on a good team and ask him to fall in line with the culture, I think you have a shot. Yep. Um, although I don't, that's not always worked either. He's an interesting guy. There's a lot of layers to Trent Brown, right. but you're right. When he's engaged, he is uh, an asset to an offense. He can do certain things that certain you know, not many people. He's a planet player, as Parcells would say. There's only yep. so many Trent Browns, few and far between. Um, so I, I do think he um, either he's dumb and he didn't realize how it would be taken or yeah. he knew how it would be taken and he didn't give a bleep. Right. And he, he doesn't care. Right. Six, eight, three eighty. And who's going to he's the best offensive player. At least he voices that. And so he's and like, I'm not well, going to be back next year. So who right. really cares? Oh, I care. Right. But, but I got my money. I bamboozled them into a little uh, uptick in money. Like, yep. So I actually think it was the latter. I think he likes to push buttons. I think yeah. Trent Brown is sneaky smart. I think he knows oh, what yeah. the F is oh, going on yeah. around him. Yep. I think he's a really intelligent dude mm -hmm. who, with his little smirks and his facial expressions, sometimes says stuff. But I think there's a lot going on in that head. And I think mm -hmm. he always knows what he wants oh, to I do. Oh, I agree with that 100%. Um, it's not always mature and professional and right, but he always knows what the F he's doing. Correct. Um, okay. So Cadillac's crucial clash is number one. Patriots offensive line has to be the good line, not the bad line. Yep. That includes on Weno and Brown. Also includes... David Andrews, who I thought sneaky stunk two weeks ago uh, in the game against the Chargers, mm -hmm. Khalil Mack and company. I thought he was a little better this week. I, I think a lot of it starts with him. If you get to the point where he's having problems, I think you're having a really bad day as a line. And you know, I like David Andrews. I think he's the ultimate professional. I, you know, I wish him success down the final four games. Who knows if he's back next year, right. like how this all plays out. So I think that offensive line, that matchup with Chris Jones, who, might be the, you know, talking about Trent Brown, Chris Jones is up there on planet players in terms of size, oh, yeah. speed, like ability, athleticism. I mean, he's probably your pie in the sky upside for Christian Barmore. Like if you could dream yeah. of what Barmore could absolutely be, it's, it's, probably I think Chris he's Jones. probably behind Mahomes, the second best player in this game this weekend. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, I, maybe and, Kelsey, but like Chris Jones, no, beast. I, yeah. I would put Chris Jones and I, now that's a debate we could have for another day. Cause I think sometimes right. we get caught up in Kelsey. Like at least I do. I don't know what Kelsey does physically. That's remarkable, but he's just a very smart player. He really is. Yeah. And you know, I know I saw Mayo talk about, he does as good a job as he's ever seen in zone coverages, yeah. finding the, the spot, which isn't, you know, it's hard to quantify. It's not a, he's big, he's strong, he's fast. He's this, he's, it's right. just like, yeah. But I agree with it because every time I watch a game, not a Patriots game, but a Chiefs game, you're like, how come the other team doesn't cover him? Kelsey's <laughs> yeah. got like, he's got like 11 catches on 12 targets in the third quarter. You'd think they'd try to stop that guy from killing him, but right. keep killing him. So, um, but yeah, he they're part of it. So Cadillac's crucial clashes, number two, Patriots, yep. Chiefs, one o'clock, Gillette Stadium Sunday. We'll get to uh, we'll get to Mahomes and Kelsey a little bit in number three. We're gonna stick with the Patriots offense in number two, and it's a little bit of an overlap with number one. But 
Um, it's more of the mental side that I'm going with here. And so I'm going with Bailey Zappi versus Steve Spagnola. So Spagnolo's defense, very aggressive, blitz heavy, pressure the quarterback, different looks, you know, inside, outside blitz, stunts, whatever you want to call it, get after the quarterback and make him try and look stupid or try and make him look stupid. Uh, Bailey Zappi last week plays well against uh, the Steelers. I'm not exactly sure. Um, you know, the the amount of times the Steelers tried to pressure Zappi and his success rate on the blitz, I wasn't able to dig into that too much. But, um, you know, you mentioned David Andrews in this offensive line and Bailey Zappi, and Zappi mentioned it yesterday. He was asked about how he's going to, you know, handle this approach to Spagnuolo's defense. And he basically said, watching a lot of film and working with David Andrews and understanding where they're coming from, how we protect this, that, and the other thing. Um and so, like, on one hand, the the physicality of the trenches against this front and their blitz um, is something I'm looking at in number one. But, I mean, number two, it's it's Zappy and how he handles it because it's only his third start this season. It's only his fifth start in his career. Um, they're going to try and make him look stupid. And, you know, how does he handle how does he handle that is kind of what I'm watching. Like, will he fluster under pressure? Does he understand how to, you know, diagnose where it's coming from. Is he going to be fooled when they, you know, pretend to bring two and drop everyone back or vice versa? Like, is he going to panic or is, is he going to panic, frankly, like Mac Jones did earlier this season? And at times he was good against the blitz, but sometimes he was a disaster. Um, and so how does, how does Zappi handle the, the, the all out pressure of Steve Spagnuolo's defense with his offensive lineman uh, is number two that I'm looking at here, because I think, and again, we, we just – and we could talk about, you know, Kelsey and Mahomes and that offense all day. But, like, realistically, I think the way the Patriots win this game is on the offensive side of the football. They need to be able to, you know, beat and go after that Chiefs defense. So that's why these are two of my three clashes is Patriots offense versus Chiefs defense. Yeah, because I think – as well as I think the Patriots defense has played and is playing and has a shot in this game and they do turn the ball over, like, you can – like – they're the Chiefs. They're going to get to 20 points. They're right. going to find a way to get to 20 points. So you're going to need to score in the 20s to win this football game. So you're unless you get a couple pick sixes, which I think is unlikely. Right. You're going to need to get something from Zappy. And, you know, I we talked about it a little bit. Like, you scored 21 points last week. That's great. But the offense kind of petered out. You probably could have and should have lost that football game in my mind. Like, there were two critical plays. If Ezekiel Elliott doesn't make the tackle on the would-be pick six mm-hmm. and the officials call offsides on Jelani Tavai like Jelani Tavai thought he was offsides rather than a false start on the center, right? you you probably lose that football game. So it wasn't all roses last week for the Patriots offense. We were just so beaten down by no points, no touchdowns, that it was like so exciting that they actually oh, got nuts. the end zone yeah. and that whole thing. <laughs> um, but Zappy's going to do it again now. And we've seen yeah. good and bad Bailey Zappy for the last year plus. And, you know, those of us on the practice field know that there are warts to his game that, you know, even though he's now what three and one as an NFL starter and there's like plays and excitement. I love the energy and confidence and everything that he brings. But I also think there's a chance that you really see a guy who fails to measure up to the moment to the matchup with Mahomes, the matchup with Spagnola and everything that goes into it. So I want to I want to build off what you just said with the the confidence and what Zappy has and even though he has warts because uh and I, and this was this was certainly on purpose, but I wrote a column 
uh, for WEI.com on Tuesday. And the, the title and the way I, you know, went into it was the Patriots have something in Bailey's happy. Yep. And well people lo- lost their minds. And again, that, that was the point. You poked the bear. You wanted yes. the reaction. Yeah, because everyone said, what are you talking about? He stinks and he's not their starter. And and if you did click the story and read, the way I wrote it was, there's something there. Does he deserve to be on the team next year? No. Does he even deserve to start the next four games? I don't know. He could peter out. We haven't seen much from him. But the confidence, the way the players gravitate towards him, the way that they played better football all around him, the way that... You know, we talk about the Tom Curran report, the way that if they do win these next four games and Bailey Zappi's involved in that and they save their head coach's job, like like that's something. There is something there with him. And I don't know what it is. It, it's, it's, it's not high-end NFL starter, but there's something there. Well, I'll tell you what I think it is. And I, I liked that column. I loved how you Thank poked you. the masses a little oh, bit. Yeah. And I think it was a um, counter column or part of a series of columns I think it was the response to a column I wrote a couple of weeks ago when I said the Patriots will start a quarterback. They don't have yeah. a starting quarterback right now. Right now, today, for this game and this Sunday, I believe they have a starting quarterback. I believe yeah. everybody in the building knows that Bailey Zappi is the starting quarterback. And that doesn't mean next year. That doesn't even really mean next week. But there were weeks there, lots of weeks, where I don't think there was a um unity or unification within the building at Gillette as to who the starting quarterback was that right. week they didn't have one now you've at least entered the world of Tommy DeVito or whoever you want to say it is. You, you know who doesn't have a starting quarterback right now the Steelers the team you just beat because right. no one is on the same page there as to who should be starting and whether Trubisky's good the crowd clearly wanted Rudolph yeah. with their cute little Rudolph signs and all of that so I think you phrased it perfectly. They have something, and for right now, the something is a starting quarterback. Exactly. Every, that offensive line knows Bailey Zappi is going to be back there. The right. receivers know, hey, that young guy who's not always that accurate and is a little risky but brings a lot of energy, he's my quarterback for this week. That's right. my guy for this week. And I personally think that matters. Like I think oh, 100%. That, that like everybody's all in on that. You have to be. It's yep. the quarterback. You, you have to – at least trick yourself into believing that he's the guy for that game. Like he is the man to do what we need to do to try to win this game. So I think you nailed the hell out of that column. Um, and and I think it's, it's accurate. It doesn't mean because Rich Keith, I said, they have a starting quarterback and he's like, Oh, for the next four games, I go, Whoa, Whoa, Whoa. I didn't yeah, say that. Exactly. Like, this game. Right. We'll, we'll deal with next week, next week. We'll deal right. with the week after that, the week yeah. after that. But basically in a world where, the AFC and NFC offensive players of the week were the quarterbacks of the New York football teams, yep. but not the quarterbacks we expected to be of the New York football teams in Tommy DeVito and Zach Wilson. Like you've entered that fun little conversation where who knows if everything breaks right, maybe Bailey Zappi could be the offensive player of the week this right. week. And, exactly. be, like, and for now, that's good enough. That's all that's you can really ask for. Right? right. That it, as you said so aptly, that's something. Exactly. Um, okay. So uh, I agree with you, Bailey Zappi. I don't know how confident I feel. Like, right? What do you think is more likely, Bailey Zappi throws three touchdowns again or three picks? Three picks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I just look at like again. I look and I just talked about him for two straight clashes. But this, uh, the, the Chiefs' defense is awesome. Like, I really think they're good. And and and, I, and we've only seen one good half from from Zappi this year, and it was a damn good half. But yep. ultimately. 
Yeah, more more likely three picks than three touchdowns for sure. Okay, and I and I think that's fair because you know he's a backup quarterback. He's mediocre, whatever. Love averages. He yep. threw three touchdowns the first half last week. Whatever. Okay, Catholic's crucial clash is number three for this scintillating matchup that should have been on Monday Night Football was on Monday Night Football, but now will be on Sunday afternoon football. And I yep. thank everyone for that because I'd rather do a post game show at four than eleven. A hundred percent. I don't have to uh, stay up late on a Monday night. That's that's for sure. So uh, talking about quarterbacks, uh, we're going to talk about the best player in the game, Patrick Mahomes, best player in football, not just this game, the entire game of football. The guy's a stud. Um, we talked about it earlier. I don't, we don't have to continue to to touch on it too much, but like Bill Belichick said it best, it all starts and ends with the quarterback for the Chiefs. And it's very true because um, – I mean, he's not playing the perennial MVP caliber football. He has been. Um, he's lost Tyreek Hill. He's lost um, – not that he's lost much more, but like – or he lost Juju, which was something last year. Juju was something for them. Uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling and Kadarius Tony have been two nothing burgers for them. There's Their highest um, – or their – what's the word I'm looking for? Their – the receiver with the most receiving yards this season is a rookie in Rasheed Rice. He also leads yep. them in touchdowns, which is kind of fascinating. He's having a pretty good year, but that's sort of what Mahomes is relying on right now. Um, so if you can kind of take advantage of that and shut down Kelsey, which is hard to do. You mentioned you mentioned he's not like, you know, overbearing in like the athletic department, if you will. But I mean, he's he's a very smart football player. Yep. He's outstanding at finding the the holes in zone coverage and he runs crisp and doesn't take too many pitter patter steps in his routes and he's able to get open against man coverage because of that he's just he understands leverage he understands zone coverage he understands man coverage he's a very very cerebral football player him and Mahomes are the best connection arguably in football right now in my opinion on the other side of that the person that's going to have to and this is me tying the storylines in a little bit with the head coach again, but the guy that's going to have to be in charge of sort of taking down Patrick Mahomes this week is Gerard Mayo, who is, in theory, auditioning-ish for a head coaching role as soon as next season in New England. Like, And Dan Graziano from ESPN wrote about this yesterday. The most likely candidate continues to be Gerard Mayo. Even Robert Kraft might have some cold feet there. He's going to want to, according to Graziano, he said that Kraft might want to hear a pitch on, you know, what the solution is on offense, but Gerard Mayo is the, the, the apparent heir apparent for this team right now. And so how does he handle Pat Mahomes? If he goes out there and has a kick-ass showing against the best player in football, a guy that you're going to see every other year in the Chiefs, then maybe that helps his cause in the future, you know, with Kraft to say, hey, look, we just took down Mahomes. I have the, I have the plans to take down Patrick Mahomes. You should hire me. We'll figure out the offense later. We'll draft Drake May, whatever. So, like, I just think that a game where, you know, you've you've played your Tommy DeVitos and you've played your Sam El – it's not Sam Ellinger, Sam Howells, um, and you haven't played well, but, you know, it's not the biggest stage you'd want on Monday Night Football, but, I mean, the crafts are going to be there. They're, these rumors on Bill and Mayo are kind of starting to surface. So, if Mayo goes out and kicks ass against uh, Patrick Mahomes, then that's going to help his cause moving forward. But it's not easy because, again – Best player in football is Patrick Mahomes. Absolutely. Um, and best player who's pissed off and embarrassed yep. and whatever he's feeling emotionally coming off of last week with something to prove and still fighting for the hope of maybe getting back into that number one seed and continuing his streak of not playing road playoff games and all that. Yep. Um, I'm going to throw, and I, and I agree with you, obviously, 
Patrick Mahomes, if you can frustrate him, if you can pick him off, if you can make him punt, like those are all tasks for Gerard Mayo in this right. defense, which has been very good. Um, but Mitchell Trubisky is not on the other side of the field this week. You have Patrick Mahomes on the other side. The one thing I will say, one consistent for the most part with this defense, um, whether it's last week against Mitchell Trubisky, crappy quarterback, or whether it's week mm -hmm. one, Jalen Hurts, great quarterback, or theoretically great, who may be scuffling a little bit now, um, Jabril Peppers. And I'm going to continue to bring him up because he has been a tone setter. Even I would argue yep. post-game last week, Mahomes was bitching, whining, crying this. And you had Jabril Peppers talking about he was sick of the flack that his head coach was getting and supporting his yep. head coach. Jabril Peppers has been the perfect football player for this defense this year, on and off the field. Everything he said, yeah, he, has. he lit up, hurts. For that initial turn, I think their first turnover of the season when they couldn't get turnovers yep. for a while there, it was just him. Last week, he has the interception. So Jabril Peppers, to me, has just become this guy like, not that he's Ed Reed, but remember when Brady used to be like, find Ed Reed on every snap he wrote on his wristband. Right. If I'm a, yeah. if I'm a, an opponent, my head's on a swivel to know where the hell Jabril Peppers is because he's just been that impactful. He's been the most impactful player consistently from week one to week now for this defense um and i think mahomes needs to be aware of that like don't be scrambling yeah. down the sideline and thinking peppers won't hit you because he'll hit you and he did it last week he baited trubisky into a um into a key interception last week. absolutely so is part of that mayo defensive plan i would be uh well aware where jabril peppers is both in terms of yep. turnovers picking off passes hitting my receivers putting my receivers in bad positions where they could get hospital balls or like i said if i'm mahomes and i'm scrambling and i'm like one foot from the sideline i'd get the hell out because peppers yeah, might be out. on his way and peppers is trying right. to do some damage he always is it's nothing personal to you it's the way he plays the game yep. and it's the way i love the game to be played he might be the be he might have been the best player in all of football in like 1965 oh my god yeah like when you could not not in a league where they're like, well, I got to get rid of this drop hip tackle thing. We yeah, get right. Rid of that. And we can't do this, and we can't do that. Um, so yeah. Did you see they called the kickoff the like an unser or the a ceremonial play yeah. yesterday? That yeah, that's that's done. You know where else kickoffs don't exist? Flag football. Because we're going yeah, to flag football. I firmly believe it. People yep. think I'm being a hardo. I'm telling you, before my son is dead. He will be watching flag football as the primary football that is played in the United States of America. I firmly believe it. We're going down that road, but that's a different rant for a different yeah. day. Um, so yes, I agree. We're with on you. to Kansas city yep. and Gerard Mayo can put a feather in his cap. If he has a late yep. season now, it's a weird world. Cause I never know when Mayo gets credit or doesn't like is bill Belichick going to get credit is Steve Belichick going to get credit yeah, Is Gerard Mayo going to get credit. But you know, I, I think he phrased it. Was that this week or last where he phrased, I would tell everyone, just look at the body of work. Yes. The body of work. Yeah, so, he said, don't look at my title. I loved that right. from him. And he's good. Like, he he knows what he's – he's another guy that's smart, and he keeps quiet, but he's, he's he gets – And it. he sneaky says stuff without saying too much. Yes. He's, if you really yeah. listen to tone and words and how he presents it, and this would add to his body of work. If you upset the Chiefs, um, deal with Patrick Mahomes, find a way to stop Travis Kelsey – that's a uh, that's a feather in his cap coming down the stretch of this season where maybe he is trying to either finalize the Patriots job or who knows, maybe he's out with Bill Belichick and he needs to find out where his next job is going to be and, and right. where he's going to land on his feet. So uh, I like it. OK, Cadillac's crucial clashes. We have the three Patriots offensive yep. line versus Chris Jones, Patriots quarterback Bailey Zappi versus Spagnola and that good Chiefs defense. 
And then Patrick Mahomes, who's ticked off and wants to prove something against Gerard Mayo and his defense that has fought the good fight all year long. So put it all together, blend it all up real nice. And what do we have for a Cadillac's Crucial Clashes prediction for Sunday, Patriots Chiefs? Which, by the way, um, the Chiefs are, I think, a nine and a half point favorite last yeah. I looked at Gillette Stadium. Yeah. So, yep. Um, it is a lot. I think, I don't think the Chiefs are going to come out and be the world beaters that they have been in the past. Like, I think they're going to continue to sort of struggle. And I think if the Patriots play their cards right, they could win this game. Will they win this game? No. I think, uh, I think, I know. I'm I sorry. You were back. I think the Chiefs. I felt like you were I back I, there for a second. No, I, I I was back for like the first half of last week's game, and then when they didn't score a point in the second half, I was like, "Oh, this is still the 2023 Patriots." Um, I think Zappy will continue to look okay, um, but at the end of the day, final score prediction is 24-13 Chiefs. Um, Chiefs get to 24. Patriots get one touchdown, a couple field goals, maybe maybe miss an extra point. But at the end of the day, I think that. The Chiefs do what they have to do to win in Foxborough. They're still the better football team. Um, and they're fighting for more than the Patriots, even though they are coming up. The Pats are coming off a win, and you know, everyone's doubting them, blah, blah, blah. Like the Chiefs are fighting for tangible playoff seeding. The Patriots are out of the playoffs. So with all that wrapped up in a bow, I'm taking the Chiefs 24 to 13. Okay. And I would simplify it. I'll urge everyone to go over to the Six Rings yep. uh, area where I will be with Fitzy and Jonas Gray, and we'll be predicting this game, talking about this game. Um, you need to ask him about that 200 yard four touchdown game against the Colts. Yeah. What else do I have to ask him about? That's, <laughs> That's fair. Let's see. You rushed for 200 yeah, yards. Sure. You were on sports illustrated. You were well on your way. And then you over. Well, I want to find out, find out for me the, the true reason why he got cut. Cause I feel like, was he late? Yeah. Is that I'm accurate? I'm pretty sure like, he overslept. I've heard various stories, but I'm pretty sure he just missed his alarm. Overslept was late. Entered the doghouse. Never got out of the doghouse. And Oh, by the way, like, I don't remember what I thought of Jonas Gray pre-post right. 200 yards. Like, I don't know that he was that good. He just had one of those. Right. He, he is the reason why I always say go to a game. Like, if you oh, have yeah. tickets, whatever, you think the Patriots stink, you you don't know what you're going to see, it's going to rain, whatever, you might see history. You might see a guy. I get, was at the Jonas Gray game. Right. You could say that. Right. right. And so Jonas Gray is a reason to go to sports at all times, regardless of what you think is going to happen in the game, because you never know. Um, and you do never know. We have Mike Cadlick who teased me for a minute there. I thought he was going to pick the Patriots to bounce back, win two in a row, create some excitement here. No, he's got the Chiefs winning. We're still playing for the pick. We're rooting for the pick. Here. Root for the pick. He's got two. the Chiefs covering. We still want number two overall because the players are starting to uh, declare for the draft. We have Drake May this yep. week. So Drake May is in the mix. We'll see about Caleb Williams and Marvin Harrison. And the other guys, Jaden Daniels may be in the mix. A lot of people now putting him yep. in that top five or six pick Heisman. area. So. Four games to go. Patriots, Chiefs, Andy Reid, and Patrick Mahomes don't bet against them, even though they're sulking and, and stumbling along here a little bit. And if you're a Patriots fan, just root against Mahomes and Reid because you don't want them to challenge Belichick and Brady in the dynasty, and you don't want that. You want them to be torn apart and angry and upset. Whatever. This really should be a Monday Night Football game. It should be a Monday Night Football game. Lots of storylines. And maybe, of course, Taylor Swift will be in the house because she has a great yes. working relationship with the craft sports group and, you know, performing, I think 13, 14 years in a row, whatever it is, shows at Gillette stadium. So one o'clock Sunday, Foxborough Patriots. It's a football game at the very least. And we're kind of running out of these for this year. There's only four to go. So enjoy it for what it is. Even if it's bill Belichick's fourth to last football game, coaching the Patriots.
He's Mike Cadlick. I'm Andy Hart. Six Rings out. Thanks for listening. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.